Monty Mark Podcast Show. GIF. Spirit, ghost, podcast. Talking mongoose baffles researchers. Forever such a thing as a top ten list of unexplainable phenomena throughout history, GIF was right there, right at the top. Fourteen researchers, parapsychologists and sceptics alike would have to admit they had never encountered such a bizarre but apparently well-documented case so completely devoid of hysteria in the timeless annuals of the unexplained. If Griff the talking mongoose is what claimed he is, he is, would certainly turn the heads of the scientific community who in the first glance would probably consider it a case of masters here or just plain old stupidity. Gif could sing songs, mimic the sounds of animals, read minds, move objects through air, though he was nowhere near them, chat with visitors from around the world, sometimes using vulgar language, hide himself from curious eyes, become invisible whenever he wanted to. Whatever the powers that lurk behind the curtain of paranormal mystery truly are, they usually manifest in dark and frightening ways. But this is not the case of Gif the mongoose. Publisher Timothy Green Beckley has done his done his readers a favour. We read scratching an out of print book about GIF, who is only extremely rare but very costly. The book is called The Haunting of Casper's Cape, a Moon of Miracle by Harry Harry Price, R. S. Lambert, and was first published in eighteen in nineteen thirty six. Her original copy sold for a thousand dollars nowadays, but Buckley can provide not only the original text but the up Daily research for present day writers like Tom R. Swartz and Hercules Icarus for the price of an everyday paperback. James Irving and his family found themselves in the crosshairs of serious and crazy strange events, Swartz writes. They would dominate their lives for the years to come. James Jim Irving, an educated man, had proved to be a travelling piano salesman. Although, although the far was his retirement project is providing insignificance for his wife, Margaret, and a young daughter, Verity. The farm was called Doglish Caspin, Manic Gaelic for Caspin's Cape. But there's no neighbours nearby, nor was there telephone or electricity. Buckley's updated reprint is called, simply enough, Gift of Talking Mongoose. It opens with a chapter by Long Life Time. Paranormal researcher Tim R. Swartz. Swartz provides an excellent out-of-view out of gift saga and quits the reader with the basic facts. It pursues a more detailed treatment by Price and Lambert. Gift made his first appearance on September the 13th, 1931. According to Jim Irvin, Swartz writes, the first he saw him saw a small weasel-like animal in his farmyard. He could bark like a dog, meow like a cat. Even more amazing, when Irving made other barnyard noises, the little animal would repeat and the sounds back immediately. It wasn't long before the Irvings became aware that this creature had found its way into the home, announced its presence of random scratches, rustling and general activity behind the walls, and a matchwork panelling. Thanks to the sounds are caused by rats or other pests, the family set traps, but no, caught nothing. 
Jim made a long last-ditch attempt by growling like a dog to evasive vermin, only to hear something growl right back. He didn't realise it was an animal he'd seen outside. Whatever it was, Swartzer recounted, it provided a great preview to be a talented mimic. He'd repeat Irving's invitations of various animals and birds. Soon, can he be name of, a, of an animal and probably respond with the appropriate sounds. <clears throat> At other times, it made a gargling sound like a baby. They soon changed it into actual words. Variety, the yet well, family's young child, was fascinated by the new guest and would ask the creatures to repeat nursery rhymes, which it would do in a high, clear, high-pitched voice. Family called the interloper Jack, but they soon told its host he preferred to be known as Gif, spelt G-E-F. He claimed that he was born in Delhi, India in 1852. He brought to the island 20 years earlier when a farmer had interported mongooses to the area, hoping to curb the local rabbit population. Giff said he had always understood human speech, but learnt to speak himself more recently, having been taught by Jim. As rumours of the strange creature spread throughout the Isle of Man, it was often claimed that Rarity was fooling everybody by throwing a voice in an explanation that Swartz skillfully debunks. It is not to say that Rarity didn't have, didn't at times imitate Chris's voice, Swartz admits. In practically every protocol's case, a census of it on children, there's some instances where the children have thrown them something or bang on a wall if they think they're not, not being observed. Variety is probably guilty of this when, when Giff becomes stubborn, refused to make an appearance. But, unlike, but unlikely, Variety could manage to keep it such a long draw, but hopes going for as long as the phantom phenomenon lasted. Investigators speculated at the beginning that Giff was haunting of some kind, possibly a poltergeist. Giff would produce not and wrapped all over the house practically simultaneously, Swartz writes. He also found a fond of throwing things at Irving's at the guests from cracks in the panelling. As well, Giff claimed to be able to travel all over the island and beat various conversations that he had heard. He had a rich vocabulary of swear words and loved to sing songs that were known to his hosts. Antics are similar to poltergeist pranks. And even Jim Irving thought at times that Giff was more than just an extra clever mongoose. The case attracted attention and medium media. News of the mystery first appeared reached London in October nineteen thirty one when an item concerning a man weasel appeared in the press. A newspaper called The Day's Sketch published a photo of the Irving cottage of a caption, a talking weasel farm. <coughs> the Daily Mail and other journalists briefly reported strange events at Douglas Kirsten. The northern newspapers took a large and most sustained interest in fair because they're talking animals with a near neighbour and naturally paid more attention than the London newspapers. Early in 1932, the Manchester Daily Dispatch sent a reporter to the Irving Farm 
in order to investigate the mystery of its actual location. He's fortunate enough to speak you speak Griff. Griff speak. The mysterious man weasel, Douglas Gaspin, has spoken to me today. A journalist wrote, In the investigation, the most remarkable animal story has been ever given publicly. A story which is funding prudent credence all over the island. Leaves me in a state of hospital perplexity. Had I heard a spit weasel speak? I do not know. But I do not know what I heard today. A voice which I never imagined could an issue from a human throat. The, the, the people claim it was the voice of a strange weasel. Seems sane, honest and responsible folk. And like you indulge in a difficult, long drawn out, improbable practical joke. Knowing yourself to talk of the world and others that had the same experience as myself. Jim Owen told the reporter of the story how the animal had taken up residence in the family, but denied the place was haunted. There are no spooks here, Owen declared. A public city in various media outlets quickly pinnacled the courtesy of psychic investigators Harry Price and R.S. Lambert, who teamed up to write the aforementioned paranormal classic, The Haunting Caspian's Cape. Based largely on their own on-site investigations on the Irvings and their mysterious house guests. In the introduction, the pair writes, The following pages are an essay on the various but unaccountable, whether looked at from the point of view of psychology, of psychiatric research, anthropology, or sociology. This true story gift is very odd. He moved to set it down in a full form of possible in order that everybody interested, including, we hope, prosperity, may be mentioned to form their own judgment about it. To believe is a continuing, it represents proof of a miracle. To skips it because a lesson in the laws of evidence. Some will call it nonsense from first at last. Some will admit it last it's as good as most ghost stories. Therefore, we should have sought to admit, avoid these credibility on the one hand and be judged skepticism on the other. And be readers who have been disappointed that we have, at the end, no cut and dried solution and a mystery to offer. But it only suggests that the facts we have honestly tried to set them forth as susceptible of various explanations. The authors comment that although the field yields little or no produce, that most people will find their lifestyle nearly to- intolerable. The Irvings are still a, a nighted, cheerful, healthy, true of normally intelligent persons. Nevertheless, in their lives, they presented a mysterious, perhaps one of the most curious and unaccountable mysteries of our time. The solitary farm has kind of seen what is alleged to be a supernatural visitation. Such a visitation was common enough 300 years ago, when the reality witches and families were acknowledged and feared. And what does Giff call himself? He cannot rely on. Ride on. The two investigators write to write to tell his host exactly what he is. At various times he's called himself a mongoose, an earthburned spirit. The last description they write, a purely spiritualistic term, adding a gift is thought to be afraid of dying, so he cannot be assumed that he's made the transmission into the world of the dead. Irvis did not see Giff as a frightening creature but more like the pet family's pet, one who feasts on biscuits, chocolate and bananas, and help, help them keep the stove, um, stoves lit. 
but the others he was considered monstrosity, a freak of nature, an abomination of God. Giff himself seemed confused about his identity. He once said he was from another dimension, that he was a spirit that he took back from imitating. If I was a spirit, how could I kill rabbits? Which quizzed why he was so inclusive. Giff said he was not a pleasant sight to behold. That, might, that some might be frightened and see, see him as a real freak. Giff suddenly talked to seeing and speaking a strange tongues of author were told that the voice is extremely high-pitched above the human range with a clever, sweet tone. He began to sing more and more songs, hymns and ballads. Some of these Irving, these the Irvings knew, some of them were new to them. His singing became a, almost a nuisance. Though the gift for monuments seemed at times to a variety as he told the authors that she had no great love for him. However, we saw more of the animal than anyone else. As the only one to see all of him, his parents frequently pleaded to him to show himself fully, but they always refused. They someday saw a portion of him sitting on the beam of a glimpse, something flashing past a gap on the hedge. But that is all. When they asked him to come over in the open, Giff answered them by saying, I am a freak, I have hands, I have feet. If you saw me, you're faint, you'll be petrified, mummified, tuned, turned to stone, a pillar of salt. And last about a pillar of salt, Led the researchers to speculate that Giff would be, might have attended Sunday school somewhere. Giff had also found enough amusement in his laboring situation to make Irvin familiar with the sound of his laughter. If laughter indicates happiness, the two researchers resumed, that Giff must be supremely, firmly contented with the bosom of the Irvin family. He lasts all day, he possesses an extensive repertoire of larks. To quote Jim's description, sometimes it resembles a tittering laugh of a cautious or mischievous child. Other times I say it's a chuckling laugh of an aged person. Another distinctly type is one I would say was a satanic laugh, a laugh of a manic. Or we have a most intense dislike to last laugh as it is very trying, but unfortunately we do not get this kind very often. Paris and Lamblet can only offer the three possibilities to the ultimate reality Giff. First, Griff exists and haunts Douglas Kesson secretly as Irving says he does. Two, that Giff is a product of hallucination and fantasy. Or three, that Giff is a product of conscious deception. Exception to the first conclusion rules out the other two, but to second and third conclusion is not inclusive of each one each other and may be entertained together or separately. In assessing the reality of gift of authors of unwilling to sweep away the true trusty many trustworthy outside witnesses who heard gift and were certain of independent existence. They may they take very seriously the findings of people who visited the farm, such as spiritists, teachers, hikers, relations and neighbours and are willing to scout their statements. Given the fact reality gift, the authors speculated they would rather more do so and agreeable in his behaviour, less elusive in his manifestations, and more pleasing in his personality. He might have become in time a centre of some sort of cult, in spite of his deficiencies, gaining a circle of Mara's eager to hear his last doings, ready to pay poetic visits to his shrine, 
bring small gifts to win his goodwill. In the stuff of which oracles are made, Prince Lambert Wright, the foundation of the temples are built. Gift rejects spiritual imputations of himself, yet will not or cannot reveal his own identity. He has no message to give out, no real miracles to work. It's certain that doubters will go around. The faithful themselves will be able to do little and claim gift. You have always wit and malice and foolery as a voice and nothing more. But what a fascinating voice, whether it was from a clever moon goose, a pokoisin animal, a form, animal for form, reading talking mongoose were, were more than satisfied cultists and students in the supernatural, like few other works available today. A priceless reprint of the 1936 haunting of Caspian Cape, coupled with the 21st century efforts of Beckley and his pool of writers, it must have item for both collectors and newcomers to the subject. Oh, by the way, is any kind of court book of a talking scope? Yes, I said that, a talking stove. That goes well beyond the boundaries of gifts and abilities for an animal to speak. You manage to get strange all the time. Where are John Kill and Charles Fort when we need them the most? Tim Swartz is the author of the book, Gift, a talking mongoose, the eighth wonder of the world. Area 52. Signs of an alien induction. All 58 of them. Here we go. Have you had an unexplained missing or loss of time of one hour or more? Have you been paralysed in bed with a being in your room? Have you unusual scars or marks with no possible information on how you received them? Some small scoop indentation, straight line scar, triangular mark scars on roof of the mouth, in nose, behind, or in ears. Have you seen balls of or light, or flashes of light, in your home after the or other locations? Have you a memory of flying through the air, in which you're not a dream, or many dreams involving flying? Have a strong marker memory that you. Will not go away. I, I, I eat an alien face and an animation, an eagle, a tail, and a skinny baby, strange skinny baby, etc. Have you seen beams of light outside your home or come into your room through the window? Have you many dreams of UFO beams of light, alien beings? Have you had a shocking UFO sighting or multiple sightings in your life? Have a cosmic, cosmic awareness and interest in ecology? Environment, vegetarianism, or any very, very social conscience. Have a strong sense of having a mission or important task to perform, sometime without knowing where the compulsion is coming from. Have a secret feeling that you're very special or chosen somehow. Have an unexplained event occur in your life and felt strange. The anxious afterwards. Have you had several strange psychic experiences, such as knowing something is going to happen before it happens? For women only, have you had a false pregnancy or missing thesis, pregnant and then not? Have you awoken in another place than where you went to sleep? I don't, don't remember even going to sleep. Are you waking up with your head in the foot of your bed or your car? 
have had the dream of eyes such as animal eyes like an owl or deer, or remember seeing an animal looking at you, also with a fear of eyes. I woke in the middle of the night, startled, have a strong reaction to cover the communion pitch or pictures of aliens, even a version of or to or being drawn to, having particularly strong fear of phobias, i.e. height, snakes, spiders, insects, certain sounds, bright lights, or more personal security or, or being alone. Have experienced self-esteem problems much of your life. Have someone with you been paralysed, mostly or frozen in time, especially someone you sleep with. Have a memory of being a strong, special place of spiritual significance when you were younger. Have had someone in your life who claims to have witnessed a ship or an alien near to you and witnessed where you've been missing. Have had at any time blood or strange shingle stain on a sheet or pillow with no explanation how it got there. Have an interest in the earth subject UFOs or aliens, perhaps compelled to read about them a lot. How have an extreme aversion towards the subject of aliens or UFOs or aliens? Don't want to talk about it. Have been suddenly compelled to drive or walk to an out of the way or unknown area. Had a feeling of being watched much of the time, especially at night. Have had your dreams of passing through a closed window or solid wall. Have seen a strange fog or haze that wouldn't be there. Have heard strange humming or pulsing, pulsing sounds. You could not possibly identify the source. Have you had unusual nosebleeds at any time in your life? Or have woken with a nosebleed? Have you woken with soreness in your genitals, which cannot be explained? Have you had back or neck problems, T-free motorway? Out often or awoken with unusual stiffness in any part of your body, had a cosmic sinuses or nasal problems, have had your electronics go, around, had had electronics around you go haywire, oddly malfunction with no explanation, such as street lights going out as you walk under them, TVs and radios affected as you move close. I've had that one. Well, I think that's because I've got static electricity. Have you seen a hooded figure near your home, especially next to your bed? Have you had frequent aspartic ringing in your ears, especially in one ear? Had an occasional fear of doctors or tend to avoid medical treatment? Have a somnol or sleep disorders which are puzzling you? Yeah, I've got that. Have had dreams of doctors or medical procedures? Have frequent aspartic headaches? especially in the sinus behind one in the eye or your ear. Had a feeling you're going crazy for even thinking about those sort of things. Yep. Have had paranormal psychic experience, including intuition. Yes, I've had a paranormal experience. Yes. Have you been prone to compulsive or addictive behaviour? Yes. Have channeled telepathic messages through extraterrestrials. Have simply heard of an external voice dead. Speaking to you, perhaps distracting you, guiding you. Yes. Have you been afraid? Have you been afraid of your closet now or as a child? No. Has sexual relation problems, just such as odd feeling, you must become involved in a relationship because it would interfere with something. Had to sleep against the wall or might sleep with you. Had 
have to sleep against the wall, or must sleep with your bed against the wall? Yes. Have you a fear that you're very vigilant, or you will be taken away by someone? Have a difficult time trusting other people, such as authority figures? Yes. Have had dreams of destruction and catastrophe? Have the feeling that you're not supposed to talk about these things, or you should not talk about them? Yes. Have had experienced many things, and it's this that you call your child or we call your child parents speaking of more, uh, similar occasions. Have you tried to resolve these type of problems with little or no success? How many of these traits can be met? You have many of these traits, but can't remember anything about an abduction or alien encounter. You've been listening to Area 52, 58 Signs of Alien Adoption. Also, we sidetracked episode 16 Mysterious Cats of England. The Fiskera Toon Phantom. F I S K E R T O N. In August 1997. The Friskeratum Phantom was first spotted by young, four young South Yorkshire girls, Nikki Hanley, Nicola Proctor, Rachel Rowland, and Joanna Brogan, who were enjoying a walk near the Lincolnshire village of Friskeratum, where they saw a one point, I won't do meters, I hate meters, four foot creature dying on a dead animal carcass. The girls described a mysterious animal as bear like. Black with black fur. Furthermore, the girls told reporters that the beast had large teeth and claws. They even claimed the animals left footprints in the dirt after finishing its pheasant's dinner. Unbeknownst to the mostly outside of the Lancashire, reports of a similar animal creature have been made earlier in the year. In most of the cases, the mysterious animal was described as being bear-like or akin to a large predatory cat. Since 1997. Friskerton Phantom sightings have been almost non-existent. Today, the Friskerton Phantom is better known for the character Friskerton on the amateur television show The Secret Saturdays. Beast of Bowman Moor Even without the beast, Cornwall's Bowman Moor will be a terrifying place. Although officially designated area as one of the areas of outstanding natural beauty. Bobby Moor is a desolate granite moorland covered with wind-swept heather. Dartmoor Moor, Bobby Moor is also home of the staple stones and the triplet stones, prehistoric stone circle, and more or less a small-scale stone henge. It was in its environment that the beast of Bobby Moor stalked by its prey and snacked on areas livestock. The first reports of the creature surfaced in 1990s, at the time, 16 white eyewitnesses said they had seen a panther-like animal with black fur and white-yellow eyes. It's widely stated the animal was approximately three to five foot long. The British government took these reports so seriously they opened an investigation in 1995. Although the London asserted it could not find any evidence of panther living on Bedford Moor, they didn't rule it out either. 
Some people claim that the beast attacked them more than, than just sheep and cows. On October 26, 1993, Jane Fuller reported that she was struck on the head by an unknown animal while she was talking, while she was walking a dog on Bobby Moore. Four years later, bite marks on a livestock, along with unusual droppings, spurned them to investigators into action. One of those investigators claimed they saw what appeared to be a puma, and it occurred and it's covered on the moor. In December 2014, a Daily Mail released the files for the 1994 investigation to the public. In what had to be the fatal moment of, for cryptids, hunters, the released documents showed the beast was nothing more than a 30-centimetre tall or 12-inch cat. Fen Tiger Cambridge. Two years ago, before the Operation Beastie, Another large cat was seen prowling around the English countryside. Instead of the moors of the West Country, this creature would prefer the fens of Cambridgeshire. It was first seen, first seen in 1982 near the village of Cottingham. The fen tiger has then went dormant for 12 years until it was sighted again in 1994. William Wilker even captured what he believed to be the tiger on camera. Since then, the tiger has become a stable of white witnesses' supports given to the Cambridgeshire Police. In 2010, a large lynx-like animal was reported prowling around the fields a little east either than Southern um, in, in 2013, a possible big cat was blamed for attack some sheep, while two other reports of a panther-like cat made in Goldenburton and Melbourne. The sheep weighed sheer weight of all these reports have led members of the British Big Cat Society and other so-called experts to assert that the fen tiger was either a tiger or puma that was leased in the wild by an owner who purchased the animal legally. While some might like scoff at this notion, many true that people in Cambridgeshire continue to see the creature. The Big Cats of Moon Monthshire. In August 2000, police in the Welsh town of Gwent issued a warning to residents to be on the lookout for a leopard-like animal. A previous attacked an 11-year-old boy called Joss Hopkins. The boy said the animal had struck him while he and his brother searched with a pet near the home in Trigtrolich. While searching on a patch of tall grass, the big animal jumped up and struck Hopkins in the face on one of, one of its front paws. The f- attack marred the Killed face with five bloody claw marks. The story immediately received nationwide attention, and in one sense, big cat enthusiasts were quick to claim that a bat panther was to blame. Other various media outlets used the ordeal to explain the phenomenon of big cat sightings in Great London, in Great Britain. Sorry, as for Wells, more than a dozen sightings around Gwent. I mean, reported since 2011. The South Wales Police received 17 reports, all in 2013. Each had one claim to be that a black panther-like cat was roaming the countryside. A cot, the big cat of the Cotswolds. The Cotswolds of South Central England are perfect destination. If you're thinking of the quiet beauty of the British countryside, tucked beneath the 
green rolling hills of the Cotswolds are quaint houses with thatched roofs, stone exteriors, trappings of a bygone age, and several big cats at currently terrifying residents. As recently as 2015, many residents of the Cotswolds have come forward to claim they spotted a black panther, or panther-like creature. These sightings have mostly occurred in the towns of Sarinchester and South Trini. But one has stated that this large bat cat was prowling on the land in front of the Sarinchester's Roman amphitheatre. The Cotswold residents have claimed that big cats are responsible for the alarming number of attacks on the local deer population. While the usual mix of big cat enthusiasts and amateur flutes voices have pulled for the fairy, the cats are, pre- that are present in rural Great Britain. Forest Commission, Forest Commission claimed confirmed in 2009 that two agents have been has seen what they believe to be large panthers in the Forest Dean of Gloucestershire. Big cats of Shropshire and Wales. Shropshire on the ball, and the border of Wales sits in the heart of England's big cat country. Between 2010 and 2015, 14 sightings were reported to the Dunfermline Forest Police in nearby Wales, where one Shropshire resident claimed to have seen a panther-like animal in, 20, in March 2014. Other witnesses have told similar tales since 20, 2009. In the same year, a wounded lamb was found in a Welsh town at Beef Wells. And a year later, in the Shropshire board town Os- Oswestley, a large cat was the size of a sheepdog reported to the police. Other sightings occurred in towns of Telmwood, Many foot, foot and lay 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 by the Dangerous Wild Animals Act of 1976, which attended to hold the then popular practice of keeping wild predators like tigers and lions at bay as pets. Moriarty's claimed that their panthers were brought to the British Isles by various victorious Romans and then released into the wild. Others, the majority believe the cats will haunt the British countryside somewhat are connected with terrestrials, and some sightings have coincided with UF reports. Beast of Buckland, Kern. From about far back as the 1930s, the Buckland area of Scotland, Aberdeenshire, has been a focal point for big cat sightings. Although Scottish wildcats have been known to transverse the fields of Aberdeenshire and Benefisher, both of these town borders the highlands and witness believe the beast of buckland is far too large and long to be a wildcat a 2006 video from Bamfinshire certainly you see this point this is so soon in 2011 a recent transplant transplant from Inverness named James Gray posted a 
I went to the account on the internet, and Mr. Gray saw a large black cat with a bushy tail while he was walking with his dog, Sophia, between the villages of Old Deer and Mint Law at around 5pm. According to his initial report and interviews, the animal crouched down, waited for a few seconds, then trotted off. Other spotters have described the beast as anything from unusually large lynx to a black cat panther. Most, most further, first-hand accounts compared the beast to large dog breeds, like greyhounds or station shepherds. George Redpath is a big cat enthusiast and life, wildlife evasion officer in Fife. Please, the beast of Elkin is actually just one of them. Some 50 cat species that live almost undetected in Scottish wildlands. And policeman and a mystery cat. On June 30th, 2009, an off-duty Ministry of Defence dog handler named Chris Shallow was helping a friend tend a garden in, in Helensburg, Elgoyle, Scotland. Swallow noticed a large black object moving near a railway line. He first thought the creature was larger than a Labrador dog, rather than any native cat species, and longly long tail. Once Swallow noticed the big cat was in danger of getting hit by approaching train, he ran to warn it. It was at this point he realised he was a presence of a fabled cobalt tiger. Our cougar. Swallow grabbed his cell phone and trained its camera on the beast. The phone recorded what appeared to be a black panther walking across a set of t- train tracks. His footage quickly made the rounds, and it says it's been a popular entry in the fast-growing list of big cat sightings in Great Britain. Beast of Biv... Bivendeen. Dubbed the Beast of Bivendeen, this cat has been spotted in 2008. In summer, several witnesses came forward and claimed they had seen a large black cat in the woods near the City of Brighton and Hove. After they compared their accounts during a meeting at the Holy Liberty Church in Benvindine, the residents agreed that the animal posted a threat to their pets and possibly their children. On June 10th of the same year, Benvindine, resident and dog owner Bill Batchner, claimed that his large, vicious cat had attacked his dog during their walk. Unlike the majority of accounts throughout Great Britain, Batcher told Suffolk Police that a sandy-coloured cat, not a black panther with a grey muzzle, had attacked his pet in October 2010. A resident of Preston Park, Brighton, named Alves Garter, claimed that she had spotted a beast of Benvindine while she was picking apples on the Benvin Hill. Carter's statement claimed that the large cat had tabby-like markings, and she said the cat ran into the undergrowth once she noticed its presence. In the winter 2009, Debbie Munn, a 59-year-old resident of Brighton, told members of Sussex Big Cat Wash that Beast of Benavidine was actually one of many pumas and lemurs and actually breeding in the area, though not a wildly held belief. Man, the Siri might be explaining why some parts of other of other different stories about the beast's appearance. The Lion of Bedford.
For the big, most big, for the most part, big cat sightings all seem to be pointed at the existence of black panthers in the forests and fields of Great Britain. A small majority of cases point to either lynxes or mountain lions as the culprits. Behind various sightings, lions on our hand are rarely sighted. It's all changed in October 2012, where witnesses reported seeing a lion in a resident area near the town of Bedford. Six weeks prior to the reports, an orange and brown beast been near caused a panic among Essex residents who believed that a lion was on the way was on the loose in a nearby camping site in Captain. These reports were believable enough that the Essex police employed armed arm officers and helicopter to the area to capture the big animal. Turned out police located a large Maine coon cat called Teddy Bear. Decided he was the cause of all the worry. As a Bedford as for Bedford, the lion sighting began when two women were walking their dog and saw that it appeared to be a lion lounging under near a housing estate. Like the like the earlier panic in Essex, Bedford's lion was hardly nothing was nothing more than a fat lane cone. No, it far it, Although far from the most valid sightings of a big cat in Great Britain, a better case of 2012, maybe the country's most unique. So you've been listening to the Holes of Me Mark podcast show, doing psychic, not the Holes of Me podcast show at all. He's messed his bit up, the ending. It's really Holes of Me Sidetracked, episode 16. What are you talking about, man? And this is Big Cats in England special. Ignore the previous bit before. That was a total fuck up by the presenter. Oh my god, never mind. <laughs>